Please be seated. Well, it's a, a joy to get to have uh, a friend of mine, Andrew Adair, here with us today to, to preach to us this morning. Um, Andrew and his family uh, served almost 10 years as missionaries in Central Asia. Um, they, he and his wife uh, run a missions organization called the Antioch Partners, uh, and he's also just a really good friend and great at giving advice to young pastors. So, would you uh, please welcome Andrew? <laughs> um, I don't know about the great at giving advice to young pastors part, but thank you. Um, praise God if God used me in that way. But it is a privilege for me to be here. Um, this is my first time at Westminster. Uh, it's not my first time to Amarillo, but it's my first time here at this church. And I always enjoy getting a chance to experience how God's at work in you know, different churches around the country and around the world. But I am grateful to Will for this invitation. And one of the reasons I'm, I'm also excited to be here is um, my connections to the panhandle. I'm, all, I'm always glad to be back. Um, my dad actually was born and raised in Lubbock. Um, unfortunately, my dad's dad died when he was very young, um, but thankfully my grandmom had extended family throughout the panhandle, and specifically, one of the uncles here in Amarillo was like a surrogate father uh, to my dad, and that was Ben Bruckner Sr., who started Bruckner Mack Trucks, and I don't know if my Aunt Peggy made it today, but oh, there she is. Hey, Aunt Peggy. Um, so it's always fun for me to be back out here. Um, and my grandmom continued to live in Lubbock, so we would come out here frequently. And so, yeah, it's just a privilege. But not only, as you guys know, are the people amazing out here, but you guys have some of the most beautiful places in the United States. Like Paladura Canyon is one of my favorite places to just hike and bike and enjoy. And I was talking to someone on the plane yesterday, and they were saying, oh, yeah, but, you know, the dust storms are just, you know, a mess. I was like, well, wait. I have never seen more beautiful sunsets than after a dust storm. So there's a beautiful side to everything. As, as Will said, my family and I had the privilege of, of serving in Central Asia, specifically in the country of Kyrgyzstan, for about 10 years. And it was an incredible gift from God, those years. And the privilege of working alongside uh, missionary uh, colleagues from all over the world, but then also seeing God at work among the Kyrgyz people who are our Muslim people group. We look back on those years as just an incredible blessing from God. And that's the focus of the sermon this morning. God's blessing in our lives and the purpose that God intends in blessing us. Before we read our scripture, though, would you please bow with me in prayer? Lord God, as we prepare now to, to study your word together, I pray that you would open our minds, that you'd open our hearts, that we would hear you speaking to us. But God, I pray that we would not only hear you speaking, I pray that we would be ready and willing to obey. God, please help us not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of your word. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So our text for this morning is Psalm 67. It's actually one of my favorite psalms. 
And I'll be reading from the ESV because that's what I understand you guys use. So feel free to you know, use your phone or follow up on the, on the screens. But Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Amen. Verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Beautiful words, aren't they? These words definitely echo the benediction that God gave to Aaron and his sons to use in blessing the people of Israel in Numbers chapter 6. I must admit, I've got a, a lot of experience with this kind of prayer. Often, I translate these words like this, God bless my family, keep us safe, provide for this need, provide for that need, help us as we struggle with this. I think you probably get the idea. In fairness to the psalmist, it's important to affirm that here in verse 1, the psalmist's primary focus is on the blessings that we experience when God's face is shining upon us, the joy, the peace, the hope we have in God. And don't get me wrong, the prayers I mentioned just a minute ago are important and appropriate. But there can be problems. If our focus in seeking God's blessing is most often oriented to our own needs or the needs of those around us, we can quickly lose sight of God's bigger, wider purpose in blessing us. So what is this bigger, wider purpose of God's blessing in my life and in your life? Let's read verse 2. That your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. Wow. No ambiguity here. No guesswork required. The psalmist clearly sees and understands God's ultimate purpose in blessing us. That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let's take a little time and unpack this a bit more. First of all, God's bigger, or we could say God's wider purpose in blessing Israel, and it's the same for us, is that the nations would know God's way and his saving power. So one immediate question we have to ask is this, who are the nations? Though there are several words that are translated here as nations and people in Psalm 67, the focus is on the different ethnic groups that make up the human family. Also, the specific word used here in verse 2 puts the emphasis on the Gentiles or the non-Jews. So the nations were all the non-Jewish or Gentile peoples of the earth. As we've already observed, God's bigger, wider purpose in blessing Israel was that the nations would be blessed. We see this throughout the Old Testament and it certainly goes back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3, when God called Abraham and blessed him so that all the peoples, all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. And just as Israel was blessed to be a blessing, so are we, the global body of Christ, blessed by God to be a blessing to the nations. Just as God has chosen us in Christ, 
God intends to bless the nations through us. Secondly, in terms of exploring all this more deeply, I want to note that for Israel, the nations were those that weren't like them, even those they might have considered enemies. Yet it was precisely for these people, these nations, that God had chosen and blessed Israel. If we're honest with ourselves, I expect there might be implications here that make us a bit uncomfortable. I know that's the case for me. When I think of the... When I think of people that are living this out, one person that comes to mind is a woman named Sharon. In September of 2019, God led Sharon to begin a beautiful journey of serving refugees in Houston. And I love that here in Amarillo, you all have a large refugee community. And those refugees have become an important part of your city. In terms of Sharon, though, This journey for her began when she realized that God was calling her to use her teaching skills to to be a part of English classes for some of the refugees in Houston. And so she joined an organization in Houston called Prestige Learning Institute that's that's serving refugees by providing English classes and other ways of, of support for them. Sharon started teaching in September of 2019, and she continued right up until March of 2020 when COVID shut everything down. Though Sharon had an incredibly diverse group of students, she had students from Iraq and and from Afghanistan and from Burma and from Syria. But she loved working with these women. She loved seeing the progress they made as they increased their English proficiency and how it strengthened their confidence. She loved seeing the way that they started opening up more and more. And so in the fall of 2020, she jumped back in when the classes started, and she's continued to teaching even to today. Sharon understands that through her teaching, she's, she's demonstrating God's love. She understands that through her teaching, God is giving her an opportunity to be a blessing to the nations right there in Houston. This past spring, though, God nudged Sharon to go deeper. And specifically, he nudged her to join with a group of women who were visiting their students in some of the apartment complexes where they live in Houston. Sharon's quick to say those apartment complexes are in areas of Houston where she doesn't normally go, and initially it was intimidating for her. But she was blown away when she realized how appreciative her students were when they were willing to come and and to visit them. On one visit... She got to meet the husband of one of her students who had worked with the U.S. military in Afghanistan. Sharon's student still has four brothers still in Afghanistan, several of them in Kabul, and one of her brothers had been a judge and was being tracked down by the Taliban. And as they shared, Sharon and her friend asked if they could pray for her student and for her family, and her friend was just deeply grateful for that. And they prayed for God's protection for her family members still in Afghanistan as well for her family as they're adjusting to life here in the U.S. God is using Sharon in that group of volunteers there at PLI to reveal God's love in Christ in tangible ways to their refugee neighbors. And through all this, Sharon has come to understand in a deeper way that God has blessed her for just these types of opportunities to be a blessing to those around her. Returning to our text, let's pick pick back up with verses 3 through 5. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. When studying the Psalms, repetition is a feature that we need to pay close attention to because often a repeated word or phrase indicates a key point. That's the case here as the psalmist underscores this heartfelt cry that all the nations of the world would join in praising and praising and worshiping God. I believe this is a powerful prayer because as the people of Israel prayed this prayer, they aligned themselves with God's global purpose. And I believe it's the same for us. As we pray this prayer, we too align our lives with God's ultimate plan and purpose. Well, what difference does praying prayers like this really make? How does it impact and shape our lives? I want to tell you about some friends and what God has been doing in their lives. Though these aren't their real names, I'll call them Mark and Susie. One of the most important things you need to know about Mark is that he's a business guy. He's passionate about business. He loves the the, the arena of business. He started his career as a management consultant in the Houston area. But then about 17 years ago, Mark moved to to the finance side and became the CFO of several companies in Houston. But then he, he shifted to the venture capital side and was there until about nine years ago when God introduced Mark to this movement that's often called the business's mission movement where God is using businesses that have kingdom values and vision to demonstrate the love of Jesus in places around the world where there's few Christians and few churches. The people working with this company were being used by God in amazing ways. And many were being introduced to who Jesus is for the first time in their lives. This company, as I said, is a great example of this business's mission movement. These are viable, sustainable, for-profit companies that are being run for the glory of God. But back to this specific company in Asia. The company had grown rapidly and they'd gotten to the point where they needed a CFO who could help take them to the next level. So as they were sorting through the the resumes they received, when they saw Mark's resume, they were blown away. They were like, no way we could get someone like this with this much business experience. And that's exactly what God did. God called Mark and Susie and their son, who was an upcoming senior in high school, to relocate to Asia and to come alongside this company. They experienced God working in and through them in ways they could have never anticipated. Susie was working with with women that were leaving prostitution in the city, and Mark was involved with Muslims and Buddhists that he had never envisioned a number of years before that. But they were so thankful for how God was was using them in, in what God was doing in that part of the world. Looking at this from the standpoint, though, of how God prepared Mark and Susie Much of it had to do with their growing understanding of what it meant that God had blessed them for the sake of God's global purpose in Christ. They had come to understand that not only had God blessed them with abundant life in Jesus, but through Jesus, God wanted to use, in this case, their business skills to advance God's kingdom among the nations. Let's... Look now at the last two verses of our psalm, verses 6 and 7. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us 
Let all the ends of the earth fear him. I actually like the way the NIV translates this. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and the ends of the earth will fear him. The focus here is on material blessings, but these material blessings lead to something much more important, specifically all the earth fearing God. Now, it's important to, to step back and, and, and look at this word fear that's translated fear here because what's in view is not people cowering before God, but rather the fear is better understood as holy awe. So the picture is all the peoples of the earth standing in holy awe of the living God, knowing God, knowing his ways and his salvation. I must admit, every time I study through this psalm, I'm awestruck. The scope of God's redemptive plan, his unwavering promise to bless all the nations of the earth, the vital role that you and I have to play in God's global purpose, and the fact that each one of us have been blessed to be a blessing. Though there's more that could be said, I think what we need to do now is to address an important question. And that question is this. In what ways might our lives look different if we really believed and were living out this truth that God has blessed us so that nations can know and experience his blessing? Let me offer a few suggestions. First of all, I believe the way we choose to use the resources that God has entrusted to us might look different. I think of a young couple who used to live in Philly. Before they were even married, the wife was involved in reaching out to international students in their area. She understood that building relationships with these students was a great way to reach out to the nations right there in her, in her, her neighborhood. Once they got married, her husband joined her in this ministry, and they saw God doing amazing things in the lives of their international student friends. After they'd been married for about a year, they started thinking that God had blessed them with this house that was really bigger than they needed, had more rooms than they needed. And as they prayed about it, they sensed that God was calling them to invite some of the international students to live with them. And when they did that, it ushered in a whole new dimension to their relationships and work with their, their international student friends. Thankfully, they understood that God had blessed them to be a blessing to the nations. And that included the resources that God had entrusted to them, like their house. Secondly, I believe the way we pray might look different. In Mark eleven seventeen, Jesus quoted Isaiah saying, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. I believe that God wants our prayer life to include a global focus. One resource I found invaluable in this regard is an app that you can use on your smart device. It's an app that's produced by Operation World. I have it on my phone. And every day, I get a, 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 an announcement about an information about specific country around the world and what God's doing in that country. And I can get more information about it and then pray. And I love it. At the end, I can click on I'm praying, and it shows how many people around the world are also praying. So I'd encourage you, go to the you know, whatever app store you prefer and look up Operation World and you can download that app for your phone. And it's a great way to just engage in, in prayer for the nations. Thirdly, 
in terms of how all this might impact our lives, I believe where we choose to live might well look different. I've already told you about Mark and Susie and how God called them to relocate to Asia. Clearly, God isn't calling all of us to move halfway around the world, but we've all been blessed to be a blessing. From my perspective, the challenge for each one of us is to be constantly attentive to God's still, small voice, to be constantly attentive to the ways that God is wanting to bless others through us. In other words, active participation is essential. This makes me think of a Kyrgyz man in Kyrgyzstan where we had the privilege of living. His name is Mirlan. And Mirlan realized that God was calling him to be a blessing to a community of people that he hadn't really engaged with. But to do that, he was going to have to relocate. So if you would, if it's going to work, join with me and watch this video. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Oh, there we go. There's a saying where I'm from that one healthy family can influence 12 others. This saying has been motivation for me since the first day I arrived in this village. Growing up, I had never seen a village with my own eyes. So when God moved my family out of the city into this village, I felt like a foreigner in a foreign land. When I arrived, I asked myself, how do people live and what do they do for a living? Most of the people are shepherds or farmers. And so to make a living, I've learned how to raise a sheep. I choose to buy the skinny, weak sheep, the ones nobody wants. I take them home, heal them, and make them strong. Being a shepherd has given me better understanding of men and of God. I've seen that sheep are truly social creatures. Every sheep needs a herd. People are the same. They need to be surrounded by a strong community. My sheep are dependent on me for constant water and food, just as I am dependent on God to provide for all my needs. What is a sheep without a shepherd? lost. In my village, there are many problems. Families in my community struggle with alcohol addiction, domestic abuse, and broken homes. These are problems that can't be solved by themselves. They can only be solved with the God's help. I believe that my simple task as someone's neighbor is to lead them to something that can help them with their problems. Here, 
it is not popular to go to church. In my church, men have lost their teeth because of their faith. My biggest fear is that one day I will lose heart and give up. But I pray that God will give me perseverance and opportunities with my neighbors. The other day, my neighbor came to me needing help to heal his sheep. I was able to share with him Psalm 23, saying that God is our shepherd. We are his sheep. He looks after us and we can trust him. Today, a neighbor brought us a watermelon and I was reminded how God provides. Though I once felt like a foreigner here, now I feel like a neighbor among neighbors. I can say that with God's help, I'm now a villager. So Mirlan and his family understood that God wanted to bless the people in that village through them, and they stepped out in faith to do that. Whether or not God is calling any of us to relocate somewhere else, the clear teaching of Scripture is that God has blessed us for the purpose of blessing the nations through us. As we all know, the truth is, for each one of us here, we've all been blessed. Most of all, if we know Jesus, we've been blessed with life in Him. Life that's abundant, life that's real. And we've been blessed in many other ways as well. The question I really do believe is how does God want to use those blessings he's given to us to be a blessing to those around us, including the nations? And once we answer that question, are we ready to step out and obey? The world, is, as we know, is full of people that are searching for meaning and fulfillment, people that are in desperate need of God's blessing. And God intends us to be the channel of his blessing to them. My experience is that there's nothing more exciting, nothing more challenging, and nothing that gives our lives more meaning and purpose than living out our high calling as those who have been blessed by God for the sake of the nations. Would you please bow with me in prayer? Lord God, thank you for what you've done in each of our lives. And thank you for what you're doing in this world that you love so dearly. God, thank you for making it clear in your word that you are continuing to fulfill your promise to bless all the nations of the earth. God, we believe that you have an important role for each one of us to play. Give us the faith and courage we need to fulfill our high calling as those who have been blessed by you for the sake of the nations. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.